welcome back to my podcast, Hiding Under the Desk. Today I'm talking to Trona Freeman. Trona is a specialist in SEO, Pinterest management and content marketing, but her life online started out as a beauty blogger. So she has pivoted over the last 10 years or so. Now, when I introduced Trona coming up in the podcast, I had a kind of structured idea of what I wanted to talk about. But in actual fact, we kind of just went where where the conversation took us. We ended up talking about blogging, being online, Instagram, and the negatives of Instagram in particular, Pinterest, Google and SEO, and lots more. So I do hope you enjoy this conversation. I think it is going to be interesting for those of you who are looking for an alternative platform to Instagram. It's for those of you who are looking to grow your business. And when I talk about growing your business, I mean that that could be as a writer, as an author. So you may be looking for a readership or you may be looking for people to buy the art that you create. The point is that Pinterest SEO, as Trona describes it, she used Pinterest to find a better way of connecting with the people that she wanted to find online. And for her, it's definitely worked. So it could work for you too. And now for the interview. Welcome to Hiding Under the Desk. Today I am chatting with Trona, who is a bit of a Pinterest superstar um, and has lots and lots of knowledge about that and SEO. And I want to talk to her all about her online business journey, how she started out, how she pivoted later on. And we're also going to delve into Pinterest itself and how we can use it to grow our online platform. So welcome to you, Trona. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Uh, You're absolutely welcome. We've been trying to get together for quite a while now and I I kept cancelling and and pushing it back. But we finally finally got together and we're talking. I'm so excited to talk to you. I think you have so much knowledge about creating online platforms using Pinterest because I think so many of us automatically go towards Instagram and it's not necessarily the right right way to go. But I'm kind of... um, I'm kind of going a bit too fast here because first of all I'd love to talk to you about your online journey how did you start out it's quite a number of years ago now wasn't it and um and yeah tell me how you started out and then we'll talk about the pivoting bit later on so I have chronic pain so that's kind of this underlying sort of everything that I do um so I was attending a chronic pain clinic at the time and I had just finished my master's with the Open University and I was intending to go on to do a PhD but I found out I was pregnant so that's that was really because we had put it off for so long because of illness chronic pain you know life so then 
I couldn't, I wasn't able to do the PhD. I had to sort of focus on just making my way through that pregnancy. Cause I was, I didn't get pregnant until I was 37 either. So, but it was absolutely fine. Everything went really well. So if you are putting it off, you'll be fine. Because <laughs> people get so worried about, you know, yeah. these late pregnancies, but we had absolutely no issues. So yeah, I was like, what will I do in the meantime that is sort of, I've got an interest in, and but was really sort of lighthearted. So I started my blog, my Ireland blog, which is sort of Scottish beauty lifestyle blog. And from that, um, I got a lot of like different experiences. It was really good. And I made a little bit of money, but nothing, nothing too much. It was more about learning and discovering online communities, different SEO um, and moving through that. Then I think because Google began doing lots of different updates and I wasn't ranking on search like I was and all these different platforms had closed down there used to be one in France called Hello Cotton I think it was called something like that and that was really old maybe some old bloggers will remember that but that used to give you a lot of um, traffic it was really good and then you got to connect with other bloggers and um, yeah Google changed a little bit so I was like I'm not getting the traffic that I was so I tried Instagram initially and I just found Instagram just Instagram is aimed, especially then, because you didn't really have any links like we do now, is completely aimed at keeping you on their platform and keeping you in it as well. Not just on it, but also scrolling constantly through it. Um, and I gave that a go for a while, but I just, and I kept, I kept hearing about Pinterest and all the traffic people were getting from, getting ad revenue, media vine, all that type of thing. So I started giving that a go and I just wasn't getting it. I just, I'm putting my pins on there, but nothing's happening. Yeah. And I started learning about it, learning about how to do the SEO side of it. And I started seeing a lot of traffic. And then I thought, oh, this could be really useful for people. And I start put a sort of um, a guide together because the guides, the free guides that I had been finding were not, they were not very useful. They were like very limited and they were just to get you onto the email list. Yeah. So this, yeah, this has to be better. So I put one together and I started getting people coming over to my website expecting there to be a course or to be services or something like that. And there, there wasn't because I was just um, experimenting at that time, sort of growing my email. And then, yeah, so that kind of then pivoted to my business that I have now, plus SEO and sort of content marketing it's all grew from this sort of initial love of blogging and online communities and just finding a better way of connecting with the people that you want to find online. Does SEO and this kind of data and that side of things, does that fit in with what your PhD was going to be? Well, I did. So my my background is art history, but I did initially come from science through psychology, social studies. <laughs> So finally, art history. So there is very sort of analytical. I mean, you have mm. to be really good at research. Um, plus this sort of human side, it's what are these artists trying to say? So all kind of fits in because people don't see the connection initially. Mm. But actually, it's just about how we can communicate with each other. And this is what art does. And this is what SEO does. 
but I think SEO has got a kind of bad rap because of all these sort of, you know, bad actors that are doing it and this sort of bro SEO type stuff. Yeah. But at its heart, it really is about human connection on online. You know, it's, yeah, that's ultimately what it's about. I, I love that way of looking at it because, you know, when I've literally just been writing in my nonfiction book proposal about how people were worrying about SEO or writing for SEO. Mm. So you put in all the keywords into your blog post um, mm. without, without thinking too much about what it is that you want to write in the first place. So you're kind of distracted by that. And I think that is something that has often put me off going down that road but also I'm not I was going to say I'm not very good at data analysis and I thought no Helen don't put yourself down but genuinely I'm not very good and I, th- I was saying to you before we started when there's certain things that I don't understand I sort of quickly skip through it or close down the article yeah. but I when you talk about it as creating human connections that is something that I can get behind that mm. I'm that you know draws me in yeah Um, I think as an author as well a really good way to think about it is that Google is a huge library mm. the index because the index and it's exactly the same as an index in a book that's how they're that's how they're thinking about it then you have the chapters you'll have your main heading you'll have your subheadings and then maybe little footnotes to explain that and that's exactly how an article online works and how Google works. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's really interesting. But if we sort of go back a little bit at your own personal journey. So when you, what what sort of year was it when you first started with your blog? I think it was 10 years ago this year. Yeah, I think yeah. it was 15, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, about 10 years ago. Because I think it does make a difference between um, starting a blog back then and starting a blog within the last sort of five years. I think there's a lot of pressure on us to get the design right, to get it looking right, to have a niche straight away, to, um, to, to know everything before you've even started. But I like I think you said something about, you know, you weren't too worried about the money making at the beginning. You just wanted to learn. Exactly, yeah. Um, I was initially drawn to it because I saw a lot of Chinese makeup blogs and they were writing so eloquently about makeup Mm. and how it affected their life and how they were using it. And it was just, I'd never seen anything quite like that. They were really mixing like high academic thought. I mean, it was really incredible with everyday like makeup purchases that they Mm. were doing. And I thought this is absolutely fascinating and I want to sort of be part of that world in some way. Um, so yeah, I started my little blog and it was nothing like what these Korean and Chinese uh, women were writing about, but it was, you know, it was my my little space. And you know, if I go back to like the really, really early days, the, the pictures are terrible and it's like, maybe there's like 10 sentences in the blog. <laughs> But people commented, you know, there's a real community there because um, people just wanted to know how long did this lipstick last or, you know. And that kind of, what I really liked about it as well, it reminded me of being 
a teenager being around my friends and maybe we'd cut up a cucumber and we'd put it on our eyes and we'd watch like a Johnny Depp film or something like that. It felt it was real sort of sort of social bonding over the internet with these women that lived like thousands of miles away. So it was really that and I think that really underpins everything that I do online. I'm always sort of looking for this sort of connection in some way. So when I see people, because yeah, I used to really hate like uh, I mean, fake followers was a huge thing because pe- brands got in, you know, and people, you know, started buying all these followers. So I think I wanted to learn how to do it in a sort of real way that people got real growth because that's the only way you're going to have longevity is doing it this sort of authentic way. Yeah, it's really, it was really good in the early days. It still is. It's just different, I think. Yeah. I don't know about you. When I first started a blog, I was I was absolutely petrified. Not only I mean, not only was I starting a blog, but I was also joining a community of writers, and there was a lot of imposter syndrome going on there. Um, and and my my stomach was churning for days because I knew I'd made the decision to to create my blog, and I, I was going to do it, but I hadn't done it yet. But so once I finally did do it, I thought, oh, what was I worrying about? It it, it <laughs> felt like a great place to be but was it the same for you when you first decided to do it yeah yeah it was terrifying yeah and I think my like the the blog theme was like 20 pound or something (laughs) but yeah it was just it was both terrifying and liberating because I had did the thing that I'd been putting off and because I had wanted to sort of join that for so long Mm. But yeah, just then you just get in the habit of doing it and you don't look back. It's just mm-hmm. human brains are so strange that we kind of put these things off that we love. Yeah. Yeah, because you were saying about this with the podcast and I'm very similar with uh, YouTube is something that I want to do, but I keep finding reasons not to do it. Um, but yeah, maybe soon. <laughs> yeah, I I do think... I- starting a blog and I don't know I you know I'm I started mine in 2006 or 7 you started around 2012-13 whether you start one back then or now um, and it might be that you decide to do something on the um, on medium or substack or whatever it's always the same really really nerve-wracking but once you start you realize that you found somewhere for you for for your thoughts for your ideas to and for, like you said to create those human connections do you know I was going to talk to you then about something that I was going to talk to you about later on but I do you know what let's mix it up let's talk <laughs> about it now because a few weeks ago I'd written an article inspired by Austin Cleon on my own Substack, and I talked about how many of us neglected our own creativity our, our core creativity, our co- whether we're writers or, or whether we're artists in some, some way, and we neglect that in order to create a platform. You replied to me, uh, well, you, you very kindly shared um, my article, but you said, the amount of small businesses who come to me and tell me how much time they've spent on Instagram with little to no return is heartbreaking. It can really impact their business, 
they think their business idea isn't good because they're not selling on Instagram and end up closing their business all because of bad advice. And I don't really know how I, I why I thought about this connection now. What was I talking about? I was talking about whether you start now. I know it was because I was thinking about the pressure on creatives if they're starting nowadays and to have an amazing Instagram account, to have a, a well-designed blog or to know their niche straight away. Whereas you and me both started and experimented and learned and tried different things. Um, but I wondered if you wanted to talk about that a little bit more because we're, we've obviously not talked about Pinterest yet and what the alternatives are to Instagram. Do you want to expand a little on that? By far the majority of people that comes to me, there's a few that haven't, haven't even tried Instagram. They're just coming straight to CEO because they're, they're either starting a new business. So they just go straight there first, which I think is great. I think that's really what you should be doing. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of people go to Instagram first without even thinking about their website or who their audience are or sort of getting the foundations in place because they've maybe read something that this course will help them or you know you know how it is online mm. but unfortunately by far I would say about 80% of those people that come to me have really tried hard on Instagram tried really really hard over years and they don't see any returns in it and are very little um so they're creating content that's taking them hours to do popping it on there and they're not getting anything then that that post dies off it doesn't sort of keep on going like Pinterest which we'll discuss later but yeah it really is incredibly heartbreaking that they think that it's them their idea isn't good their business isn't working when actually maybe Instagram shouldn't be their only place or even their place that they should be. There's lots of different places on the on and offline that you can build a business. And Instagram is, is still largely dominated by a lot of influencers. And that's how a lot of sort of maybe Instagram courses are taught. And that's not how small businesses really grow. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because I'm trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've even seen people that have previously done quite well on Instagram and they have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers and they still don't get what you would expect from that. Mm. Um, and then there's all these kind of stories about that influencer a few years ago. I can't remember, I can't recall her name at the moment, but she had like at least a million followers and then she wanted to launch a t-shirt. I think it's a t-shirt fashion. And she sold something like nine or 39 of these wow. units. Yeah, because it just wasn't, our audience wasn't interested. She had built up a sort of following through a different means. They weren't ready to do like that kind of conversion. And a like on Instagram doesn't really mean very much, not a follow, because a follow could just be that they want to get the follow back or yeah. then they unfollow you. And yes, yeah, 
Yeah, it's very difficult. Impressions don't mean very much either. It just means, because I think that's something that people get confused about. It just means imagine that you're on, you have a shop in the high street and somebody walks past you. They might not even have looked in your window and they've just walked past. That's an impression. Yeah, yeah. And people get, businesses get locked up and we need more impressions. And, you know, that's that's the wrong start to look at ultimately you want sales you have people over to your website on your email list to grow that and instagram makes that very very difficult to do because like before like i said you're it's it's designed to keep you on there and even more so now than it was like when i tried it first like five ten years ago something like that um you do have a little bit more links but it's still very much designed to keep you within the platform for that ad revenue that, that Facebook and Meta want. Yeah. Whereas Pinterest, you have many, many, many links and the longevity of those links as well. But yeah, I think, have a think about if your audience is actually on Instagram and whether you should be as well. Mm. I know when I made my pivot... Oh, it was ba- it was basically when I lost my chickens and my dogs. Mm. In 2019, um, we moved house. Um, and I used to share a lot about the countryside. I used to share, show the trees that we'd been planting and the, the orchard and the fruits of the orchard, you know, the, the chickens clucking around the, the, the base of a tree. Um, and I, I made it look quite idyllic, I think. But then the fox came and, and took them all. And I said, right, that's it. I can't do this anymore. It's just too hard. So I pivoted my Instagram and I did more about my desk and showed that I was a writer. And I've lost 2000 followers since then. Yeah. People w- were not interested in um, me as, as a writer as much as they were just wanted the pictures of the chickens and the ducks so yeah I li- I've actually written in my in my journal um, to write an article about that I've lost 2,000 followers on Instagram but I don't care um, because I generally don't I I think you know just trying to tie up all, all what we were talking about with Instagram when things don't work when you put so much time and effort and I did put a lot of time and effort and you don't get the results that you're looking for it's crushing and um, it can make you question your creativity it can make you uh, wonder if you're on the right track um, if you're going on the right path if you're looking for validation Instagram it's really not the place to go so yes my confidence has been crushed significantly by Instagram over the years but I've now got to the point where I'm like do you know what I I'm I miss creating for Instagram Mm. I found it was quite an um it brought out a particular creative side to me and you talking about wanting to do YouTube well the re the way I started YouTube was by starting with my stories and learning how to edit and so call it sewing them together mm-hmm. in order to create a story around my chickens and my dogs it's basically just what they got up to during the day but this gave me confidence to then go to youtube and 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 do that but 
I don't know. It's just not the same. I know some people are flourishing on there, but even when you flourish and you go viral, and I think Amy McNee has had this issue recently where she's gone absolutely viral off the charts for her. Um, it doesn't necessarily bring in the people no. that you are looking for, um, for your business. And when I say business, I'm talking about, you know, if you're a writer, you've also got a business because you're looking for readers. Um, and it doesn't have to be something tangible like, you know, creating um, art, postcards, mm. um, or whatever it is. So yes, it, it's complex. So what are the alternatives? You have SEO, obviously, mm. <laughs> which I still think, if you're going to start anywhere, start there, um, because that will be your foundation. You'll get your, it's like building your little shop in the street, <laughs> get everything so in place. But if you're doing SEO or if you're doing Pinterest, presumably you have to have your own space, your blog. Your website, yeah. yeah. Definitely a website. Um, don't be scared about all the information that's out there um, because it's, it's absolutely overwhelming. Um, just go somewhere, buy your, buy your domain name for £15 a year or whatever it is. And just get set up. Even Google have, I think Google have free domains. So you can go on there, play about, learn it. You know, that's that's how we started. Just learn and play mm -hmm. about. You don't have to be perfect. You won't be perfect in the no. beginning. And um, that that's all right. You know, give yourself time to learn that. Because um, there's a lot of skills that you will learn, but it's... It will feel a lot about overwhelming in the beginning because it's just there's just so much information out there. But yeah, I think the best thing to do is get that, get a place that is yours, that you own, and then you can start building up content or however you want to do it and driving traffic to that. And I think the best places to do it is through sort of Google and Pinterest. Um I don't know so much about Substack or anything like that yet. I do know they're pretty good for SEO. So, yeah, that's that's also an option, but I don't know much about that yet, so I can't speak. I will say, now you've mentioned Substack, that somebody found me, and they emailed me to tell me, they found me through Pinterest, linking to my YouTube, which then linked to <laughs> that, my website, which yeah. linked to my Substack. <laughs> that... that and you know, that's it. That's how it works. Um, so yeah, I think all these stats that you get, take with a pinch of salt and ask people how they found you. And they might kind of forget because they might have think, oh, maybe I, was, I saw you in Pinterest and I searched on Google or mm. it's very sort of convoluted how people will find you. And it will get a little bit, a little bit difficult once Google gets rid of the cookies. So with like Google Analytics and that. So yeah, if people email you or you sell something or that, just get in the habit of asking, where did you find me? And start collating that. Um, and it is often this very convoluted sort of, I'll just throw this in. This is such a sort of crazy way of finding a sort of brand that I liked. So I was listening to um, Childish Gambino um, and I can't remember what song it is. But in the song, he, he mentions, uh, I think it's a fister, it's called. 
it's a car. It's nothing. To do. <laughs> it's a car, though, right? But my phone heard it, and it started showing me adverts for a Fisker. Is Fisker as <laughs> not Fisker? Um, so yeah, it started showing me adverts for this, and I was like, "Why is it showing me that?" And I kind of started putting it together, and now I follow them in on Facebook because I like the car that they're going to be launching over here. But yeah, it's such a strange way <laughs> to find somebody. Um, and that kind of is how it, uh, how it is, that you kind of have to be at sort of different points mm. of sort of discovery through to sort of email um, and all over the place. I worked with um, Charlotte Jacqueline um, a couple of years ago. And when I started doing her Pinterest, um, she started getting a lot of comments on her Instagram saying that she was, people are seeing her everywhere because once that kind of starts all kicking off, you, you get in that sort of ecosystem where you will see that person. It's very similar to if I watch somebody on TikTok, I start to see them on Instagram or vice versa and they'll yeah. come up in Pinterest as well. So it's, I think it's good to sort of be everywhere. But obviously that's 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 not attainable for everybody in the beginning. So I think yeah, for discovery, definitely sort of SEO and Pinterest, because Instagram doesn't have that good search engine like TikTok does. TikTok has a good search engine. So mm. if you're happy to do sort of videos and that, definitely go on there as well. And YouTube is a really good search engine as well. So the discovery on those platforms is good. Whereas the discovery on Instagram is not good. Yeah. Um, they've only kind of started thinking about putting this SEO and these sort of keywords and their keywords are still very limited. Um, so you can be found, but it is not as good as say Pinterest or Google or these other platforms. Yeah, I know we were talking about Etsy earlier before we mm. started recording. Um, and I know there's a lot of indie artists who are frustrated with Etsy and they're using TikTok um, yeah. instead as an alternative and they're doing quite well out of it um, yeah. because like you say, you, you can be found on there. Yep, yeah. Interestingly, I because I kind of went down a little rabbit hole with that recently on TikTok and I shared a video from somebody. She's a... I think she's an art curator and collector. So she actively looks on TikTok, Instagram and all these places. And what she said about Instagram was just show your work. Let me see. I don't want to be looking through all these um, squares of maybe like your family or these things, which we've been told to put on their share. I just want to see your work. I want to be able to see good pictures of your work. I want to see it hanging up in a wall. I want to see it like in different places and different lights and that. Just show your work. It's okay to do that. And that kind of was sort of contra contradictory to what a lot of sort of experts are saying, you know, show all this bits of your life and that. But actually, maybe that's better for stories. And yeah. just don't be don't be scared to just put your work on the main feed, you know, because that is where people People are short in time, and if art collectors are whoever the curators, they're very short in time. So you only have a very limited amount of time to catch some capture somebody's attention. 
you know, so they don't want to be scrolling through a feed full of stuff that's irrelevant to your business ultimately. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I know from my own scrolling that if I follow somebody because I um, I like to see the behind the scenes of mm. their um of their writing life or creative life if something else pops up there it's quite jarring yeah. and and I'm like mm, do I really want to follow this person anymore <laughs> but having said you know we there's also if something does pop up that I I you know I I I like to see people's desks and I mm. if somebody shares their desks I'm like yep yeah. and then I want to click on the link then I want to find out where else they are and I think there's so many people who are reluctant to say I'm here and I'm here come and follow me here but that is what I'm looking for you've got to make it as easy as possible yeah. for people yeah. who are scrolling through if you have to dig it's so frustrating yeah. and people won't because they'll come they'll, they'll come across somebody else that's made their links easier to find, their website easier to navigate, and just putting their shelf out there. You know, don't don't be scared to do it. It might be a little bit scary in the beginning, but this is what people want. They want to just get through to these things easier because yeah. everything has been so tailored that you just have like I think it's like a fraction of a second or something. People decide if they want to look at more or yeah so use that you know yeah. use that wisely yeah and that I think that's the thing I think we particularly we when I say we I mean we women we are encouraged um not to be too pushy yeah. and um and I think we've kind of brought that into the social media arena and we're like oh no I'll just sort of sit back a little bit but you have to put it front and center just to make it easy for people who are interested in something that you do so um yeah yeah make it easy <laughs> that kind of brings us back to sort of websites um because people get overwhelmed by like you know the sort of website and ultimately it's just about making it really user-friendly for somebody mm. can they navigate can they check out you know all these simple things um this is what will make a successful website for you. It doesn't have to be super fancy. In fact, often the really super fancy websites aren't functional. They don't load quickly, you know, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think just look at it with a buyer's eye or, you know, get a friend to look at your, your links. Can you get through them quickly and easily? Yeah, I've, I've done the same. I mean, my my website's not not perfect but I have cut a lot out and made it just had a few things now at the top um you know about me my substack my blog and my services or what you can yeah. buy off me and um just keep it really really simple so if somebody was had no idea about Pinterest mm -hmm. and I know some people I know it's been around for so long now um but if people have no idea where to start with Pinterest what are the first few things that can they can do to get started think, yeah so get a business account because then you will get all the sort of stats um and Pinterest will sort of trust you a bit more than just a personal account 
um, they won't sort of distribute you this, the same way. Get Rich Pins, which is a nightmare, <laughs> as can be a nightmare. I don't know why they make it so difficult, but get Rich Pins if you can, because they will, again, they will distribute it further. There's more information on those pins. You take a little bit more space up in the feed, so it's that more sort of initial eye-catching that you want. And then start building up your profile. You know, look for, do your keyword research, which isn't, isn't as um, difficult as Google SEO. It's just very straightforward. You know, if you were an author um, and you were offering advice for starting um, a nonfiction book, just put those sort of keywords in, what's coming up, create boards around them, and make sure all the boards that you have match the sort of content that you have on your website so it has a little folder to go on. It's just about organising all your content in a way that well, people will find you through the search terms that they use. And make sure, yeah, you claim your website as well. Um, and just get used to the platform. If you've not been on it, just go on it look at searches, try different searches, just go through your home feed and all the different features because Pinterest has changed quite a lot, even in the last few months, it's changing all the time. Um, so I think just get familiar with it. If they looked at your account on there, that, that could show them the sort of things that they would have to do. Kind of, but mine is a lot about experimental. <laughs> I but think, yeah, I, because you're trying different things all the time yeah. for your clients yeah. and working things out. In the yeah. main, though, um, everything is optimised. I kind of mix a little bit too much, I think, um, just because I'm testing different things and seeing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, in the main, I think you could go to my main. It's my bio, everything's optimised. It might just look a little bit chaotic because of the pins <laughs> that I'm testing, things like that. But yeah, everything should be optimised, yeah. Okay. So you can get a sort of good idea. Okay, what is your handle on there? It's um, Trona underscore Freeman. Right, Trona. That's the same on your Instagram as yeah. well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I just um, changed all those recently. I understand you have a course about Pinterest SEO coming out. Do you want yep. to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it'll be out soon, hopefully in about a week or so. So Pinterest SEO is something that all, pretty much all my clients have struggled with. So I figured I put it all together in a sort of, it's going to be a short course. It's not going to be huge and I'm going to make it sort of really digestible with little videos showing you how to do the Pinterest SEO, how to use it, how to apply it, um, how to use trends, and seasonality, because that's very important on Pinterest as well. That will help keep your pins relevant. So yeah, it's going to be a hopefully a nice compact course that will explain how small businesses, including authors, creatives, can use a Pinterest in a really sort of powerful way to get those um, correct keywords that will drive traffic and get you email signups and so on. And it's not about driving hundreds and hundreds of traffic it's about the right kind of traffic that will move your business in the right way would it is it okay for beginners of, of pinterest yeah absolutely so i've aimed at uh, complete beginners 
and also people that have maybe used Pinterest, but they've just not either know how to use keywords as a strategy or they want to refresh their sort of strategy as Pinterest stands now because it changes so much. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I will put all the details of your course in the notes as per usual. Um, what is your website address? It is services.ilined.com. Services.ilined.com. And yeah. ilined is spelt with an A, yes? Yeah. <laughs> so it, was like, it was from my um, my beauty blogs, like eyeliner. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, one of the things I think about is that w many of us would be willing to spend an hour or an hour and a half or even two hours sort of setting up a photo or video now for, for Instagram, um, thinking about a caption and um, taking all that time and effort and putting it up there only for crickets and um, tumbleweed and everything. Um, but we won't we won't allow ourselves an hour and a half or two hours to research Pinterest because we think it's a lot more to do. And I know I know that because I'm one of them. And, and, <laughs> I was and, the same. Yeah, yeah, I know it works. I know it works as a writer because you, you've done stuff for me um, a few years ago on my Pinterest account. And it, it just went off the charts. <laughs> and, um, but I still feel that, I don't know if it's because Pinterest isn't immediate, is it? Whereas- It's, it's what it is. I think, I think you don't get that sort of dopamine hit yes. when you post on Instagram. So yeah, it's not as immediate. And it, so it's much more like SEO, Google SEO um it's not as immediate and a pin can like seemingly not do anything and then a few months later you get yeah. lots and lots of traction on it I have a pin currently um from 2019 and it was it did all right initially because Pinterest still was was different then um and pins could take off really quickly then Whereas not so much now, they're a little bit more trepidatious. They really want to get the good content out there. So this is why SEO is really important. It's foundational in their algorithms. So yeah, anyway, I have this pen that did okay then, but now it's just going insane. And actually made me a little bit of Amazon um, affiliate money as well, because I added like a few things in there. And, and I've never really did that before. It's not something I had did. But yeah, it's just, and I have a lot, that's absolutely typical with all my clients. The, they have pins from years ago that just drive thousands, you know. Yeah. Well, I've, I've not pinned on Pinterest for a while, but I'm still getting people, like I said earlier, that are clicking on the different links, um, starting from Pinterest and then coming to find me on Substack, on my newest thing. So yeah, I know it works. It's just, and I, I do wonder if it's, if it's, you know, we go, we gravitate towards Instagram because not only is it that, that that's the place that we should be, but because we get that dopamine, like you said, yeah. from it. Um, it's completely than... designed like that. Um, 
I don't know if it was Bill Reddy. He recently took over Pinterest. He's the new CEO. Or it was one of the other guys from Pinterest. But they have said that they intentionally don't make Pinterest um, this sort of addictive platform um, whereas Facebook and Instagram do because they know that people can scroll on there for hours and hours and they know all they know all the tricks but they yeah. intentionally choose not to do it because it's bad for mental health it's bad for we see how we we are affected by it so imagine how younger people are yeah. affected by it um, so yeah I found that really really interesting that they were sort of being intentional about not making it this addictive place and it pays off for them because I think it's something like nine out of ten people find Pinterest their safe happy place online it's where they go to be inspired and it's just about them um, whereas Instagram it's very loud and it's about other people and how well they're doing and you know even if they're not <laughs> so if you wanted to could you create a pin or because you can do videos on um pinterest now yeah. as well can't you so could you create something for there and then repurpose that yeah. and put it on instagram maybe a few days later yeah because reels idea pins tiktoks stories are all the same size all yeah. the same size the only thing to make sure is that you're not using the the watermark of yeah. any of the uh, because Pinterest don't like that Instagram don't like it so you want to get distributed but other than that yeah it's absolutely do that that's what I would recommend doing reuse your content yeah so put it maybe put it on Instagram first get it and sorry put it on Pinterest first get that that longevity starting um, and then if you want your dopamine hits um, put it on Instagram next um, then it's best of both worlds but yes one piece of content and and share it about yeah absolutely Rona, I think this has been a fascinating interview um, thank you so much and I I'm going to set aside time maybe later this summer to to get to grips with my Pinterest account again I think you've given me <laughs> the the inspiration I need to do that and I think it's definitely one of those situations and it's just like writing um the first draft of a novel where <laughs> I, I keep putting it off because I think oh I I can't do this I haven't got the talent to do this I haven't got the skills and then when you get on there and you do it and you think oh yes this this is all right yeah it's just getting over that first hurdle isn't it it is, it? It is. With, um, yeah youtube for me with that <laughs> we've all got something <laughs> right okay well thank you very much i will put all of trainer's details in the description below um including her course which should be coming out next week hopefully uh, <laughs> So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you.